consider one of the major questions that almost always comes up regarding spiritual gifts, and that is how can I identify my spiritual gift? So that was addressed last week. If you'd like to uh, hear the thoughts on that, um, you can grab the recording on that. Hopefully that's already online. Um, And then we talked about last week as well. Um, and this is kind of a follow-up to that question. What do I do if I feel I am doing the things I ought to do to be able to identify my spiritual gift, but still not sure what my spiritual gift is? And so we talked about that as well last week. Okay. So we ended last week with, we ended last week with, um, the question, could I have more than one spiritual gift? Could I have more than one spiritual gift? And um, if you would, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, which, of course, I trust we're all aware at this point is one of our key texts on spiritual gifts. So let me say, um, as I give a, somewhat of an answer to this, that I don't believe that the, the scriptures are 100% emphatic on this question. So could I have more than one spiritual gift? Um, certainly there are lots of good teachers who would lean toward, uh, just one gift per person. And then there are lots of good Bible teachers who would suggest that it's certainly, um, possible or, or maybe even more than possible, plausible that you would have more than one spiritual gift. Um, so I don't believe the scripture, I'm going to say that again, is emphatically clear as to whether you could have more than one spiritual gift. We do want to say that at least we know the Apostle Paul uh, had more than one spiritual gift. We know he spoke in tongues. Uh, we know that he uh, also healed and um, and perhaps lots of other things. He probably had a whole wide array of spiritual gifts. Um, having said that, we don't necessarily want to look at the Apostle Paul as textbook for every Christian. Um, he is a bit of a unique circumstance or a unique person uh, when it comes to uh, Christianity as a whole in the New Testament. So um, it's indicative, so it could indicate that, yeah, we could have more than one spiritual gift, but uh, not necessarily do we want to always look at his life and say, well, whatever happened there, for sure, that's what's going to happen uh, to the rest of us. So I want to say that... Um, it seems to me that the overall tenor of the spiritual gifts text are that there are one gift given to each believer. Again, I'm going to say that there are lots and perhaps even some sitting here that don't necessarily agree with that or wouldn't word it that way, at least. But for instance, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, notice that uh, in verse 8, it's worded like this. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, to another, to another, and so forth. So at least the general tenor, and I'm saying it's not emphatically clear, but the general tenor is that to one is given this particular gift, to another is given this particular gift, and so forth and so on. There are two references where Paul addresses Timothy regarding spiritual gifts, And I believe that in both of them, he does say the gift. So that could be indicative 
Uh, again, it's not specifically stating that God couldn't give more than one gift to a particular individual, but he does say the gift when he's speaking to Timothy. So does that mean, uh, at least it's indicative, I would say, that that uh, certainly each Christian has at least one gift, um, and perhaps that's, that's, that's some evidence that um, that it is one gift per Christian. Lastly, um, just read one verse from another key text, which is 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, and again, I trust that we're aware that this is one of our four uh, key texts on spiritual gifts. And notice what it says in 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. It says this, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. So, um, as each one has received a gift, I don't want to be too repetitive, but I want to say this is not emphatically saying God could not give more than one gift. But it does say to each one is given, uh, each one has received a gift, right? Singular. So that could be indicative as well that it's one gift per uh, per Christian. Um Okay, so I could say a few other things on that, but that's basically it. The general tenor, I believe, is that it's a gift per Christian. Perhaps that's the most simplistic way to think about it, but I certainly am not saying that God could not give more than one gift to a particular individual. I certainly think that's possible. He did in the case of Paul. Even as I look around me, practically, though I don't want to build my theology based on my practical experience, I do look around at times and I say, well, I think this the way that this particular person is called into ministry, it sure seems like God has equipped them with many spiritual gifts and so forth. So I'm going to open it for comments, but let me say this. We're trying to record this. Um, so that everyone can benefit from it. Last week, we had a microphone being run around, which is going to happen again this week. Last week, we didn't do a very good job waiting for the microphone. So if you have a comment, uh, any of the brothers have a comment, please, maybe, I know this is out of the norm, but raise a hand, and Nathaniel will get to you with the microphone as quickly as you can. So any thoughts on this question? Could I or could a Christian have more than one spiritual gift? Okay, we've got a hand right here in front of you there. So, is that a microphone? <laughs> microphone on a stick. Okay. When, if you just look at the the, um, the examples of the church and one of the um, you know there's the bride body and whatnot. The body, right? You have different organs that all fulfill a function, a different thing, right? The brain doesn't receive the oxygen to breathe, right? That's the apparatus of the mouth. The, the lungs, but some organs do do, you know, two things, right? So it's not, even if we just look at like that as an example, it's possible. Yes. But um, I, when you look at what, I just the plurality of, of when the Lord uh, gifted men, right, the, the idea was is that they would take these gifts, right, for, this is, an, uh, I'm basing this off of Ephesians 4, he led captivity captive and so on and gave gift to, gifts to men. But he gave a group of people, apostles, evangelists, all these things, just for the equipping of the body, right? That was their express purpose. Now, whether they had two or not, I don't know. But, you know, the only thing they could have done is turn that in to where the whole body benefits, right? And so I, I would think that if there was one person that was just heavy laden with all these gifts, you know, then 
it would just be one big eyeball, right? It wouldn't you wouldn't see anything else because they'd be the doing everything, right? Right. You know, the eyeball sees, but it doesn't st- it doesn't stabilize the body like the big toe, right? Right. And so in that case, you know, the body is a is a perfect example. I think the Holy Spirit knew what he was uh, doing when he exam- uh, used it as an example, at least in that sense, right? I might be reading too much into it, but um, definitely the body has organs that do multiple things, but not everything, right? And Correct. So, and That's so, a, yeah. Very good point. And I, I'll just jump on to that to say, and I, I don't recall if I said this last week or in one of the prior messages, but this we know for sure. It is not God's design that there are a handful of people in any given church that have, like Brian said, if you said heavy laden or whatever terminology used, but have tons of gifts and the rest of the body spectates. That's certainly not the case. We do know that what is most glorifying to the Lord and what is his design is that everyone in the body has been given at least one gift and um, we all are functioning for that uh, for that purpose. And as the body functions together, the work gets accomplished, the saints are built up, God is glorified. And you could see how, like Brian said, to have maybe one particular individual that has, you know, whatever, 10 of the 15 gifts or however you count them, has all of these gifts and basically does everything and carries the lion's share of all the work, that's certainly not the presentation of the New Testament. It's not what's most glorifying to the Lord. So that is uh, for sure. So I thank you for that. I, I agree. And it is true, if I understood what Brian said, it is true that within the human body, which is the metaphor that's given to help us understand spiritual gifts and just church body life in general, that in the body, some body parts can have more than one narrow function that is that is true. So if we take that, um, it's possible. All right. Okay. Um, so next question. Um, when do we receive spiritual gifts? When do we receive spiritual gifts? I'm going to say again, there's not any specific verse that specifically says this is when Christians receive spiritual gifts or this is when spiritual gifts are given. However, I do believe that we can come to a very firm answer on this one, that spiritual gifts are given at conversion when a person is born again. They are spiritual gifts given. They are the manifestation of the spirit of God. So we certainly know where we can certainly rightly deduce that someone without the spirit of God certainly doesn't have a spiritual gift. So I know that seems obvious, but I do want to state that we know it's not prior to conversion because prior to conversion, we don't have the spirit of God. It is at conversion that we receive the spirit of God. So we know it's not prior to conversion. I suppose the only maybe legitimate question that could follow up to that is, is it possible that they come sometime after conversion? And I would just say that there really is, I I don't see any biblical support for spiritual gifts being given to the Christians sometime after conversion. I'm saying at conversion. So when the spirit of God is given, which is at conversion, when someone is born again, they're received and receipt of the spirit of God, they have been given a spiritual gift. That seems to be um, generally accepted in Orthodox Christianity. I don't think there's a whole lot of contest on that. 
Um, and you can, I, I would say kind of in a simple way back into this, the fact that the New Testament is so clear that every Christian, every part of the body has a spiritual gift is very good reason to believe that spiritual gifts are given at conversion, at, at, at the point in which you're born again. Because Paul does not make any distinctions in any, any of the key texts, nor does Peter, to say, well, some of the Christians at Corinth have spiritual gifts. No, it's always each and all and every. That's the terminology that's used time and time again. So we can easily again deduce from that. I think rightly deduce from that, that every Christian has a spiritual gift. Therefore, it's at conversion when the spiritual gifts are given. And if you'd like references for that, such as 1 Corinthians 12, 11 and 13 and Romans 12, 3, which says to each and First uh, Peter four ten we just read, which says to each one, to each one. It, there's no distinguishing between super Christians or more mature Christians or anything like that. But to each one, to each part of the body, spiritual gifts are given. Therefore, we rightly deduce, I think, that spiritual gifts are given at conversion. Any comment on that? When do we receive spiritual gifts? I'm saying it seems pretty emphatically clear from Scripture that it's at conversion upon being born again. Any brothers have a thought to add to that or concern with that or anything like that? All right. We've got a hand to my my left. Not much to add, but to just corroborate, uh, you know, First Corinthians twelve seven does say that these spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we receive the Holy Spirit at our conversion. And Ephesians 1 talks about having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so we see these things happening at the time of believing at conversion. Um, that was part of uh, the comment I was going to say. The other one is... Escaping my mind. <laughs> Let me see if I can remember. That's all right. Um, think about it there. Uh, before, I'm going to go to the next question, but obviously we can always jump back to it. So keep thinking there, brother Dave. Anything else on that, brothers? Okay. So another question: um, Can you give some? He remembers Nathaniel. So bring him back the mic there, if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you mentioned about the scriptures showing these things, and, and I would agree. The only scriptures someone could turn to that might seem to indicate something different would be, say, for example, in the book of Acts, where it's very transitionary, right, where even the Holy Spirit did not uh, come upon the new believers until the, the apostles came and laid their hands on them. And so it would be worth noting that if someone happens to read that and say, well, wait, he said it all, the scriptures clearly teach this, right? But there is that transitionary period at the very beginning of the church. But mm-hmm. certainly as time went on, and here we see Paul now writing these years later to the church at Corinth, and he says to each of you who have right. the spirit, right? Thank, Thank you. you. That's a good good point. Thank you for that. Okay, uh, the next one that was in our list is, um, can you give some examples of different needs or ministries 
or ministries that have needs at the local assembly here at Boulevard, um, where spiritual gifts could be employed. And so um, I want to say that this would be a really good question. It is a very good question anyway, but it's a definitely a very good question that we could discuss when we break up into small groups in a week or two. But certainly um, I can give just some general things. Um, we have lots of ministries that go on here. They're up on the board here each Wednesday, such as the Sunday school ministries, which require teachers and assistant teachers and administrators and so forth and so on. We've got, of course, Friday night meetings that require lots of hands, right? Again, teachers, administrators, back-end people. There's all types of, of opportunities there where no doubt spiritual gifts can be employed and used um, for the glory of the Lord. We've got lots of meals and events. In fact, we've got lots of meals and events coming up this year. Uh, we're going to host a missionary conference. We're going to host a um, our corporate meeting. I'm not sure what we got going on there, but we're going to host a week of prayer. And there's we've always got lots of meals and events and different things like this, which, again, need lots of hands, lots of help. And um, we trust the use of spiritual gifts, even though some of them may be uh, kind of basic things. They still uh, would be opportunities, no doubt, for the use of spiritual gifts. I know that the ladies have been meeting on Thursday nights, and I'm sure that takes hospitality. There's service involved there. There's teaching that's involved there, at least to some degree, and um, so forth. There are a whole – the sky is the limit as far as what we can do here as an assembly um, outside of the things that are already going on. Really, I mean, there's there's so many things um, as each of us and I would encourage each of us as we engage, I trust the saints as we get to know one another, um, including those who maybe don't talk very much or maybe are elderly and don't get up very often. Um, we will learn of needs more than likely. We will learn of ways that we can serve the body of Christ as we get to know one another and engage with one another. As we engage visitors that come through the doors, we might see opportunities for evangelism, for follow-up, um, for maybe they're new believers, for discipleship, things like this. Um, these are just other thoughts that have been thrown at me over the past several weeks, but um, we don't have a formal nursery, but we do have lots of babies. So, of course, we can lend a hand with the babies so long as the mothers are willing. And um, things like this. There's opportunities for mentorship, for discipleship, that maybe this is not a formal program we have going on. But if somebody says, hey, I the, the Lord has put this person on my heart, and I'm going to seek to just kind of work with them, maybe touch base with them once a week in a mentorship, discipleship type role, these are great opportunities, great ideas. Visitation. We have people that are shut-ins. We have others that are not shut-ins, but maybe could just use a hand or just maybe use a visit. Cards can be sent, etc., etc., etc. So I'm just saying that to say the sky is the limit as far as what we can do as an assembly uh, and how gifts can be used. Just because we don't have a particular ministry going on, but just because we don't have a particular ministry going on, doesn't mean that you couldn't do it. There's people that need visits and mentorship and discipleship and so forth and so on. So um, our homes can be opened and hospitality. I know lots of things are go lots of these things are going on, by the way. So I'm not saying this in a critical way. Lots of these things are going on, are happening. We have a, a loving group of Christians here that are involved in lots of ways, but I would say that there's even more that could be done by the grace of God and by his power. So not just to burn ourselves out in service per se, but to do it um, as the Lord calls us and we trust according to his will. 
We have lots of missionaries that have come through, lots of missionaries that have come through. And over time, different ones have taken it upon themselves to follow up with them, to correspond with them, to learn of their needs, and so forth and so on. So these are just various things. Um, yeah, I could go on. There's lots of other basic things that need to be done as well. Um, any any thoughts on that? Again, the question is, can you give some examples of different needs or ministries or ministries that have needs at Boulevard uh, where potentially spiritual gifts could be employed, could be used. And again, I'm going to say that, Lord willing, we'll split up at least for one night, and this could be discussed in more of an informal setting. So anything else on that? Okay. I asked myself that question uh, when I was coming out of the rock bottom experience, but you know, it, it sort of um, reminds me of the story of Samuel. When Samuel was being called, you know, until he actually was listening to what the Lord and responding, the Lord then showed him what He was about to do with him, right? Mm. And so sometimes we're, we're just like him; we're kind of wandering around. What's my gift? What do I do? What do I do? But we're not really actually listening to what the Lord wants, right, mm-hmm. and what the Lord has for us. And so sometimes we, a Christian can stand that. Say, now I know Samuel was a little boy, but. Sometimes you're staying at that. So if you're really, you know, if I'm in tune in the sense of like, Lord, put me somewhere and being open about it. Right. You know, sometimes I don't want where he wants me. Right. And so right. then I end up in that state where I'm just wondering, oh, who was that? Who's who's talking to me? You know, and then there's nothing going mm-hmm. on. So if a person is really, you know, in, in that sense, in tune and the Lord's going to show you there's lots of things to do. Right. And so mm-hmm. maybe it's not any of those things you mentioned. It might be something that's, that's right. kind of private, like you mentioned, something sure. that's in private that nobody sees. But, man, what a support. Right. Yeah. Yeah. OK, while you head over to your dad there with that, um, I just would add to that. It is a joy to serve the Lord. Right. It's a joy to serve the Lord because there are so many things that we can do to be a part of his work and his ministry. Um, as we went through the spiritual gifts, there's a wide array of different gifts and different ways that the gifts can be used, different ministries that the gifts can be used. So it is a joy uh, to serve the Lord in that sense. Again, the, the sky's the limit. There's, there's just no end to the amount of different things that can be done for the Lord and his work. Yes, Dave. Um, it really would be impossible to come up with an exhaustive list right, right. of the various things that could be done to use spiritual gifts because – as many different people of us that there are, because we're all so unique, uh, there's a gazillion ways that each of us could find ways to use our gifts. Amen. But uh, the scriptures speak a little bit to that here in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Mm-hmm. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And then it leads right into, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Right, so since we all uniquely receive, whether it's one gift or several gifts, it, it, it goes beyond just the gifts themselves that make these things truly unique, right? It says, besides the diversity of gifts, it says differences of ministries, mm-hmm. right? So... Let's just say that there's a couple of different people who have the gift of teaching. Well, one may have a ministry of teaching to adults or seniors. Another one may have a a, a ministry of teaching that's focused more towards teenagers or Mm -hmm. 
elementary age kids, right? And, and so there's different ministries where one can use that gift, but then it says there's also diversities of activities. And so some of these come into uh, uh, play. Uh, let's say someone is gifted physically. I wouldn't call it a spiritual gift, but musically, right? So if someone were to say, well, I love music. It's something that I can do and do well. And well, I love spending time with kids. If you feel like the Lord has laid on your heart to minister to young people, well, then maybe I can do something with my music with young people. And and while you're together doing that, you're going to use your spiritual gift of teaching to not only teach them the music, but the Christian life or whatever, right? And so maybe you have someone else who they feel inclined to... Uh, to use their hands doing mechanical things. We say, well, wow, but this widow needs some help on her house. And so uh, they go over and use their ministry of maybe mercy to help serve. And, you know, so there's any number of flavors uh, that that come up as we utilize the various gifts and uh, uh, activities that God calls us to and creates us with the skills to do. And so I think this is where the question comes in. I think someone had actually asked it about, you know, some of these physical things that we have gifts for and how they tie in with spiritual gifts. We wouldn't call all those things spiritual gifts, but we can use our spiritual gifts while we do them. And I think that's what First Peter really is boiling down to. Uh, we've already referred to it tonight, but uh, I'm just going to back up one verse because before he gets into the actual mentioning of gifts, I I understand this passage in verse 9 to say, be hospitable to one another without grumbling is just a command, not a gift, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some people call hospitality a gift, but according to this passage, he's just saying to the saints to be hospitable to one another right. and to do it without grumbling. And while you're being hospitable, verse 10, as each has received a gift... Use it, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God gave you this gift. Open up your home to somebody, and while you're there, use your spiritual gifts, right? So if it's if anyone speaks, verse 11, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers or serves, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, mm-hmm. that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So the gifts can really be lumped in one of those two things, either serving or speaking gifts. Uh, but he says, whatever gift you've got, when you're with one another, use it. Uh, and so that really is an encouragement to me because, look, sometimes we're like, well, what can I do? What can I do? Well, we all live somewhere, and we can have someone in to where we live. And as we're spending time with them and get to know them, we'll learn about something that's going on in their life. We can pray for them or maybe arrange to serve somehow or just open God's word and teach what we've learned and and, and we'll use our gifts in, in the most basic way. But that would be very basic. I think that 1 Corinthians 12 is really showing us that it's limitless mm-hmm. because we're all so unique. Mm-hmm. Amen. Very good. Any other thoughts on that? Got a hand here in the middle. I, I was just saying maybe we could summarize it by asking the converse question, which is, is there a ministry in which we can't utilize spiritual gifts? Like, isn't they, aren't they universally appropriate for any endeavor we have? You know, that, that, I'm just saying, like, answering a question of the question type thing and trying mm-hmm. to be really profound. Right. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, that, that's the yes. first thought. Like, oh, where, where wouldn't you want to use something that you had been empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? Right. I think the more important question to maybe ask is, instead of saying where, would be to ask a question of the, uh, of the intent is, are you willing to, to serve and to do the labor? Mm-hmm. Because being that's that's a more difficult question to come to terms with than, you know, once you're already in the work, of course your spiritual gift that the Lord is using through you is going to shine, right? Right. But dealing with the more appropriate preparatory work of your heart and your intent to do the labor that the Lord set forth, that's one of the harder questions, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's Good. It. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'm interested. No, go ahead. First Corinthians uh, 13 talk about the, you know, the great, great, greatest gift, you know. Uh, everything you do, you have to do it with love, you know. Like uh, if you have to do something, do it with love. You know, minister somewhere, you have to do it with love, not right. because you have to, you know, do it. Just do it for the love Amen. of the Lord, you know. That's right. Very true. Everything, whatever it is, motivated by love. That's the ideal. That's for sure. That's that's uh, that's the intent. That's the ideal. That's what the Lord wants. No doubt about it. Yeah, First Corinthians twelve. It, it throws out one gift that really is a broad subject. I'd like. I challenge anyone to narrow it down. Helps. What do you do with that? So. Where do you pocket it? You say, well, helps is just this. Can you say that? Well, helps is just... No, it seems broad. It it seems to encompass quite a bit. And um, sometimes I think that what we want to see is fireworks go off whenever we utilize our gift. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, right over there. You know, that's... Oh, they're doing it now, man. It may not happen that way. I got a guy holding a mic right here that sweeps up the floor after we have snacks out there. Mm-hmm. Would that be called helps? I think it could. Sure. So, see, you may be utilizing, you know, you see the crumbs on the floor, you sweep them up. Now, it may not be their gift specifically may not be helps, but they see the crumbs down there and, well, well I guess somebody's got to sweep them up. So you sweep them up. So it's very difficult in, in, in this idea that somehow lights are going to flash from heaven every time we utilize a gift. That doesn't really work that way. We just mm-hmm. get involved. Just put your hand to it. Now, I think from a private, it's almost, it can almost be a private issue to understand what seems to be a supernatural ability in our own selves. And it's usually identifiable from the outside in. Right. People from the outside usually can identify, but you may be involved in a lot of different aspects of, of gifts that may not be that gift, right? Uh, but you still get involved because there's a need. Amen. Yep, we said before, right? Essentially, all of the gifts are things that we should all be doing to some measure or another. Hopefully, that point has been made very clear over the many weeks Essentially, all of the gifts are things that all of us should be doing 
to some degree or another. Yet, that's not to uh, to demean or, or to degrade the idea of the spiritual gift because there are certain things that the Lord has supernaturally gifted us to do um, in a way that exceeds, that excels. That's that's only by the grace of the Lord while we engage in, in essentially all of the things. So all of the gifts, that is. Okay, any real urgent final comments? All right. Um, okay, one here. I am not. No, we're out of time. Just then to conclude this this thought, um, it seems to me that when we respond to opportunities and needs that we see around us, I think we gravitate towards using our gifts even if we haven't identified it. Right. Just like our brother was saying, um, you know, if someone is participating in. Sunday school or they're participating in the kids club program or whatever it might be, you tend to see a person who has natural leadership uh, uh, gifts somehow stirring up people to organize something, to get something done while they're involved in that activity. Or someone who's got a, a, a more pastoral gift stopping to listen to somebody to to, to to hear their pain or about what's happened during the week or mm-hmm. someone who has that gifts of, of mercy who gravitates to the child who is struggling to, you know, you, you, it, it seems to happen naturally while we're doing a number of different things. And so even if we can't necessarily identify it, it that's why it's helpful having others around and say, you know, I see that you tend to do this a lot mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, wow. So maybe that's where I'm excelling without even realizing it. That's mm-hmm. why it's hard is because yeah, right. if, if the Lord gifts us that way and it happens almost, I don't want to say naturally, supernaturally without right. me thinking about it because the spirit is moving in that direction and I'm not trying to force it, it it's not as obvious to me. Yeah. What's more obvious is when it's something a gift that I don't have. <laughs> Someone asks you to do something and you're struggling uh, because you can't seem to communicate the message. Well, maybe teaching wasn't it or or uh, you're really struggling to get it organized. Maybe administration's not your gift, whatever it is. Uh, those might be easier to discern by yourself. Um, but if we just respond, as others have said, to the needs we see when we're moved with compassion and genuine love, and the Lord will help us to use the gifts that he's given us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. You're welcome. All right. Hey, my phone just said you're welcome. All right. So uh, next week we'll pick up with uh, this question, and, and I believe we'll text out these questions again. Hopefully you saw them come out this last week. But we do have several other really good practical questions, so we'll start next week with this question, Lord willing. Are the lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible exhaustive, or could there be other biblical um, and commendable exercises that are not specifically named as a spiritual gift, but are still a spiritual gift. That's a worthwhile question as well. And we have others also, Lord willing, that we'll consider next week. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to look into your word. We do thank you again for the way that it guides us and gives us light as to who you are and as to what you've done and as to what you would have us to do. And um, we just thank you for the way that you have blessed us to be able to participate in your work uh, for the way that it 
it is uh, not only, yes, a responsibility, but a great privilege and joy. And we give you thanks for that. We ask you to help us uh, to continue on here steadfast and immovable, always abounding in your work. And yet, as we were reminded as well from First Peter, that we would do so uh, through your power and strength and according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen.